their longtime friends. Let me tell you something real quick about dibs that I'm sure not everybody knows. <laughs> and first time partners. Hang in there, big guy. There'll be brighter days ahead. Now these two homegrown Bay Area boys finally come together to take over sports talk. Get the hell off of my doorstep. Major League Baseball, you stink. It's Willard and Dibs. <laughs> Ninety-five-seven. The game. All right, here we go. Um, it's not a football Friday. It's the football Friday. Here we go. I mean, it does. It, it like what you just said, Dibs, is is totally the truth. It's kind of why I, I just brought up Game Five against the Dodgers a couple years ago, even though it was only Round One. This is only Round Two, but the opponent changes the significance, and so they're, they're, the the emotional fallout. For whoever loses this football game, I just want to look. I know it's scary. It's scary because they're going to go play a football game, and one of these teams is going to have to deal with this reality. I do think it will be the Cowboys, but all games in the playoffs are losable, and so it's scary. The fallout from this game, and I don't mean about firing people and hating the situation that you're in. Both teams will be in fine situations moving forward. But the, the, the fallout of losing this game with everything that it has taken the arc of these two organizations to get back to this game and have the opportunity uh, that's sitting there in front of them here in the NFC, uh, add in what happened last year. Whoever loses this game, this they're going to be licking their wounds for a long time. Well, and it's a two-piece, Mark, in terms of the agony. So Sunday, we get the one piece. Is, this is the actual two-piece. I can't believe you got back to that fast for the Ike Taylor. <laughs> that was amazing. Someday I'm going to play you the Ike Taylor yeah. interview because he, he talked about the difference between football and basketball. Basketball, you get the series, and football, you, we get the one we piece. Get a game. Yep. And this is the one piece, but That's actually. It's a big difference, bro. It is a big difference, Ike, and thank you for weighing in again because the fallout <laughs> from this one, Mark, is a two piece because you lose the game and you deal with that agony, but the following Sunday is one of the greatest sports days of the year. No matter Sunday. if your team's yep. in it or not. Yep. Having the back to back conference championship games is seven hours of football bliss. And if you are watching that, knowing that your team lost and the team that beat you is in it, especially if you're Dallas, because one of your rivals is going to be in that game. Spoiler alert. So if Dallas loses, not only did you lose, but now you've got to watch that conference championship game with a guarantee oh. that two of your rivals are in there. Well, so here, here's the thing. Maybe we do a little visualization sensation, uh, if you will, right now. Nine days from now. Let's visualize this, okay? This is the visual that I would like to create. Nine days from now. Nine a week days from, from now, Sunday. The 49ers, the NFC championship game is the first game of the two. It's the opposite of what it was last year. Right. Remember where we watched Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs collapse against the Cincinnati Bengals, only to follow a few hours later, and at a much lesser level, the 49ers collapse against the Los Angeles Rams, and it ended up being Rams-Bengals, even though those weren't the two best teams. So anyway, uh, let's visualize a week from this Sunday, the 49ers and Eagles, if you will, or the 49ers and Giants, uh, if that game can come to pass and the 49ers can win it, I want you to imagine... The relaxation, sensation. Thank you. Two for two. Of three thirty, four o'clock in the afternoon on a Sunday. You've done your weekend. Might want to start thinking about a little dinner. Maybe you got to get the kids ready for Monday morning at school. Whatever it is, but your feet are kicked up. 
knowing that the 49ers are on their way to the Super Bowl while the Chiefs and Bills go to Atlanta to score 132 points each, (laughs) figure out which one gets there first, but how relaxing would that be in what is going to be a potentially, again, I don't know which games are going to actually happen, but if it is that, if it's in Atlanta and it's Bills and Chiefs, track meet, that game that everyone's been, right, that's their redo. Like this weekend is Dallas's redo. Bills and Chiefs, no home field advantage, track meet, indoors, maybe the best two quarterbacks in the game going back and forth. But how chill would you, 49er fan, be right. if you're like, I don't care. Which one of you great quarterbacks will see one of you against the best defense in football in a couple of weeks, but you can rest easy already knowing that the 49ers ticket has been punched. That is my visualization. That's a great visual, and I hope it comes to pass. And I would love to ask 49er fans which of those two teams you'd like to face in that scenario, but it's wildly premature, so I won't even go there. But yep. as you were laying that out, I was thinking about the Patrick Mahomes rematch angle or trying to give Buffalo another Super Bowl loss. Where's the matchup preferred? Long way to go Long way before to go. we get to that. I, I, I bet you've heard. I've had buddies, 49er fans, who have sort of like just had their daydream about that. They want the Chiefs again. I get it, They yeah. want the Chiefs, although I... I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, look, this is, it's been enough years. It's not even a quarterback rematch. Like, I know you want to you want to beat Mahomes. Um, I, listen, I want to win the Super Bowl. I want to win the Super Bowl. And you're right. None of this no, is no. even close to reality. It's because wildly premature. This, this nightcap, you know, that's the opposite this weekend. Now, Three- I want to ask you, which one do you prefer? Do you prefer... The opener of the weekend, and then you get it out of the way, and you can enjoy the rest of it, or the anticipation sensation of being the last game in the weekend. I think this. I think this weekend. I, I prefer um, for the simple reason that it helps me enjoy the other games even more. Last weekend, when the 49ers won, I'm kind of like, all right, well, that's done, and and so um, the other games. Like, I watched them all, but it was just like, I don't know, you go into kickback mode. Yeah. This one, like, you're going to have those butterflies in your belly the whole weekend. And you're not going to get, we're not going to get our answer till 7 o'clock. We're not getting our answer till 7 o'clock at night on uh, Sunday. Hopefully by 5 or 5.15, well, that thing no, is already in hand. But, but, we, but yeah, we know, like, nothing's yeah, ever exactly. in hand. I'm not doing that, right? Get Scott Hansen on the phone again. He'll tell you about the witching hour, how wins become losses. Kyle Shannon has never been the auteur of a collapse of any sort, so. That was rude. He was the coordinator. That was rude. That was rude for go, you to bring something you like that. You go back and watch that game. And that was rude. You know why they lost that big lead? It's because they fumbled on their own 15-yard line. Yeah, it wasn't well, It wasn't because of his, him turtling up as a play caller. No, Matt Ryan took a sack, and their defense could exactly. never stop to him. And there were, there were yeah. a thousand anyway, reasons. Anyway, that was a cheap shot. I'm sorry, Shanahan. Uh, we're in the midst of the playoffs. We want you all geared up, and we don't mean that in terms of excitement. We mean the actual gear, relevant T-shirts, DPOI shirts, hoodies, gear from all the shows. You know the deal. Go to 957thegameshop.com. All guests appear on the Bud Light guest line today. Bud Light is... Easy to drink, easy to enjoy, and we've got some great ones with Sean Salisbury, Mike Silver, and Merton Hanks all on the show. Merton's coming up in 33 minutes, but that means right now it is time 
for you to be our next guest. 888-957-9570. We'll take your calls. Xfinity Mobile text line ready for you. Twitch, YouTube, good morning. Let's get all the communication going. The organization that loses this game experiences what we can fill that blank in as we talk about the historical significance of the game that's coming up here on sunday this is willard and dibs it's your boy guru from stani and guru noon to three right here on 95 7 the game back to willard and dibs and you know the old saying on this show what about phase what are you doing? Oh. I'm listening. We're so glad to have you, Guru. Oh, look at you. Football, preview. Football Friday is brought to you by Zenny, the official eyewear of the San Francisco 49ers. Shop from over 3,000 styles at 80% off retail prices exclusively at Zenny.com. That is audio nirvana right uh, there is what uh, that is. Harry Kalish. I don't know what happened. Stepping in for a... Uh, sure what just happened. Stepping in for a read. Uh, speaking of guru, I'm listening. <laughs> I don't know if you heard this morning, but uh, Sam Lubman, the great morning roast producer, and Joe Spadoni combined for a hoodwinking of the boys. All I did, uh, the first time I turned it, is this, I turned it on and he was like on the phone. What, what, is that what you're talking about? What happened? So what we did was, you know, Papa Shasky likes Genius. to call him the line and we just go yeah. throw to the bat line. So we put Papa Shasky on there and then, you know, it was Guru the whole time. Right. We put him on and then I played Stone Cold Steve Muse and the, gra- the glass break in the intro, WWE. Guru hops on, ambushes, does a whole rant. Let's go, Cowboys. Oh, my God. It's pretty funny. Oh, it's pretty funny. The total okie doke from yeah, Sam and Spadone. But I heard the, ba- that's funny, but I heard the back end where Guru, he was already moonwalking. He's already moonwalking. Like, here's the deal. This is a rule. When a game is like this, there's no underdog. There's an underdog if you want to go to your betting app. There's no underdog. If you, you can't trash talk an underdog. In other words, if you got a cowboy buddy, I don't know why you'd have a cowboy buddy, but if you got a cowboy buddy and you guys want to do a bet on this weekend, there's no spread. It's who wins the game. So I've heard so you many. You can't talk trash and take the four. Is right. What you're saying. Yeah, is you it back to three and a half? I don't know what it's it been is. Going back and forth. But I'm here. So many cowboys. Ooh, bravado and Dallas and cowboys and how about them cowboys? And they're like, but actually, I mean, come on, the 49ers should win. I mean, no, no moonwalking. Are you here to peacock or not? No. You want to peacock? No. You better peacock. Pete Brock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't walk in here with we're gonna this that and the other, but actually you guys should win because you're better. No 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 no. So he was back in the truck up. Yeah, he said he was wearing all black and he was going to a funeral on Sunday. Man, come on, man. I will say this: Guru's on a heater. If you follow him on TikTok, he's giving out tick locks yeah, six yeah. in a row. Six, six in a row. Oh, he had he? the Warriors plus six and a half last night. Mm-hmm. That thing goes to overtime, and they go down to eight. And I'm thinking, oh, oh goo, bad beat. Oh, goo, so bad beat. And then uh, Boston just with two crazy back to back. One was a turnover. Yep. One was a near turn. Warriors cut it to three. It's like, oh my god. Right. No, Stay that's not good. It's a great yeah. pick. It's a great pick. I'm in a little. Uh, holding zone. I, I haven't been doing much lately because I'm just. I got so 
Uh, I just got beat down. I got beat down by a stupid game. Do you remember Week 18, that Jets-Dolphins game? Oh, wow. Just all those field goals and messing around and no one's going. I had the Jets plus three and a half to finish a parlay. To finish a parlay. Oh, it was man. done. I was two or three games in already. Finish a parlay. Jets plus three and a half. 6-6 six, six game. 30 seconds to go. Dolphins kick the field goal. Go up 9-6. They're going to go to the playoffs. I'm like, cool. And then I don't know how many of you remember what happened next is the Jets did that stupid play that people do at the end of the game. Let's just start throwing the ball. Remember, Kyle did this one time. <laughs> it worked. It, it's like it's it not going to every 50 years. Seriously. And that ball starts bouncing around, and it flies out the back of the end zone, and everyone's looking at each other like, what was the, what was the final score? And it pops up on the screen. It's like 9-6. to six. Dolphins win. I'm like, I don't believe you. I, I did the Will Ferrell. Like, I'm like, I... I, I don't believe you. And uh, and it wasn't until 15 minutes later, the bottom scroll on the TV comes up. Yep, final score was 11 to 6. That's a bad beat. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So I just, I'm like, hey, I Jets, to, what I are you doing? I need to take a break. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I can't. I don't, I mean, I don't know. You'll get your four-team parlay uh, going this weekend. And uh, yeah, I will. a little later in the show, I'll ask you what that, that four-teamer will be. Maybe I can play the predicted game again because we haven't uh-huh. talked about... Each individual game, I know. Not at all. I'm imagining you're going to take the Niners and lay the four. You already said all week, basically, that they should win by double figs. So I'll go ahead and put that one in the win column for me in terms of predicting your four-teamer. But uh, later in the show, I'll see if I can nail your pick on all four of these games. Up to the second lines on these games, Chiefs minus nine. Okay. Eagles minus seven and a half. Uh, Bills minus five and a half. Okay. 49ers minus four. Minus four, okay. Minus four. That's where we sit and right 46 now. And 46.5, I think, is the over-under. 46.5 the over-under. Bills, Bengals, 49. Eagles, Giants, 47.5. Jags, Chiefs, 52. Is that odd that the 49ers and Cowboys have the lowest over-under of the week? Maybe that's a nod to both of them being good defenses. But and I, I also think it's a nod to the prevailing notion that the 49ers are going to try to run the ball and yeah. you know own the time of possession and really kind of nurture the clock. Dallas's best defensive foot forward is its pass rush and its secondary that's ball hawking. So I think if you look at it from the outside, you think the 49ers are probably going to try to establish and run the ball and keep Dallas off the field. Um, I, I think that's true, except for I've also learned this. In the Brock Purdy era, how many times... Have you gone into a game already, the era, seven games? Right. How many times in these seven games have you been like, oh, God, is right, it's a rookie. They're going to run. And Kyle Shanahan loves to run the ball. You got Christian McCaffrey. They're going to run the ball. And they come out, and they're like, yo, we're here to sling this thing. Like, they did it last week. Everyone's thinking the Seahawks have a terrible run defense, and they, they were gashing them early, right? There was the long McCaffrey run. But Kyle Shanahan came out like, Kyle and Brock together, not scared. They are not scared. And so I would expect them to look Micah Parsons right in the face and say, not scared. Like, playbook's open this weekend. So I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah, they they have been running the ball a lot, though. As not, maybe not as much as they did in some playoff situations. But, like, last week, they... Ran the ball. They got 181 yards on the ground. They've been over 100 in every game that Brock has started. So, And for the most part, they've been over 30 carries as well. Offensively, they have been passing it, but they've also been running it a ton. And I do think in this game, 
Kyle Shanahan is going to be a little bit more conservative in terms of Brock Purdy versus Micah Parsons. 33 runs, 30 passes last week. And I think you actually have to give a nod to the fact that late in the fourth quarter, it was all runs. So in order to get to the 41, what was a 41-17 lead, they threw it more than they ran it. Yeah, in the early days. Yeah, yeah. And I I do think, though, that the Seattle defense is totally different than the Dallas defense. So when I... If I put on my my hat and I grab my laminated play sheet and I think about what's more likely to work on Sunday, I like the ability to run the football more than I do having Brock Purdy running around and spinning his back to the defense with Micah Parsons out there. Well, I just think that when challenged, that's where Kyle Shanahan goes to the run game. Um, I heard Joe Staley say that this week. Joe Staley said at one point, remember when there was the Jonathan Abram play, the leg twist on Debo Samuel, and everybody came out on the field, and he goes, when I saw Kyle Shanahan actually go give a shoulder bump to a Seahawks player, because he did. Kyle was ticked. He was mad. And he's out there on the field, and he kind of gave a forearm shiver to one of the Seahawks players at one point. And Staley goes, I knew the second I saw that. He goes, the, you're going to see run plays, run plays. Like, I guarantee you Kyle went back to the sideline and goes, we are going to shove it up there, Wahoo, mm. right now. And we are taking this game. It's exactly what happened. They came out. They jammed it down the Seahawks' throat. They took the lead. And they went on a 25 to nothing run. And once so, they got the lead? then you know he went to the play sheet and thought let's get Debo something here let's get Debo one that he can personally shove to Seattle and that's what he took at 70 plus to the house yep so I like well I think you're right but I've also learned like they'll surprise you in these seven games because I think Part of the reason we think we're on the ball, it's twofold. We watched the playoff experience in 2019 where the 49ers were like, no, we're, we're, we're just running the ball. We're not. We're, we're going to be Air Force. We're going to come out here with the wing tee, and, and we're not throwing the ball. And so we've got that in the back of our mind under Kyle Shanahan. And the second part is just a rule that we live by, which is that he's a rookie quarterback. He's been thrown into this situation. Let's take the pressure off of him. And while that's true, I also think it plays into the hands of your opponent. If you go in there with that thought, if you show them, like, yeah, we're going to run the ball because we don't want to make a mistake, well, you become, you, you've got fewer dimensions then that you're throwing at a defense. I think the 49ers will still throw the ball plenty early because well, the first quarter is to establish the idea that we could do anything. Yeah. And you're not going to sit on McCaffrey. You're not going to sit on Ayuk on a crossing route over the middle. We're going to do all kinds of stuff. You have to play that way. Could it lead to a mistake? Hell yeah, it could. It's the 49ers offense's job to not make that mistake. So I like I nothing nothing would surprise me in terms of the approach and and the game plan here. Um, but before we go back to the calls, I, I I just I'll tell you why I have full confidence in this 49er team. But you also have that sort of tight shoulders feel going into this weekend. I was just thinking yesterday about like try to go to the story, the story of how these two teams got here. And sure, there's the the history of the organizations, but I even mean like go to the players, go to the people who are on these rosters. Like pretend you're a Dallas Cowboy for a second or try to walk in their shoes and remember what it was like to be a favorite on your home field and have the 49ers come in and basically embarrass you in the first half. And then even when you started to rally back after Jimmy gets hurt, 
you just, it's penalty after penalty yeah. after penalty. And then all the way down to the end where you think you've got at least one shot at the end zone and you spot the ball yourself three yards ahead of where the ball exactly. actually should have been spot. We talked about that yesterday. And you don't even get a playoff. And then you're angry at the refs. And as time goes by, who are you actually mad at? Yourself. You should be, yeah. You blew it. <laughs> Thank you. You blew it. And you had the home game, too. That's right. the thing. So that all points to this. The work that it takes to get back to these moments in sports is really hard. So this is special for the Dallas Cowboys. And then the 49ers, it's a bigger scheme. It's not just the Dallas Cowboys. It's the work that it takes every year to get back to the second half of January again. This is their, th- for a lot of these players, this is their third trip here in in five years, in five seasons. This is their third trip here. And each time you come up with an L in your final game, remember George Kittle in 20, 20- I will be back here. Yeah. I will be back here. I w- That's what's going into this, is the work that it takes to get back to this point is so significant that I just think this is the type of game, it's almost like a March Madness game, when the game ends, the losing side sits on the field for five minutes with a blank stare on their faces, thinking, my God, we're back to the damn drawing board again. And the finality of March Madness, especially for seniors, is greater than almost anything. But in the NFL... It's kind of similar because some of these players won't be back on Dallas or San Francisco next year. Some of these players will never be in another playoff game. It's just the nature of way the way this league goes. And if you're Dallas, you look at your year, and you talked about the story. Dallas's year has been a little bit uneven in terms of Dak got hurt, Cooper Rush came in, and he was fantastic. And you, we even had a discussion like, maybe you don't go back to Dak. And then Cooper Rush comes out and he loses to Philadelphia. And then, all right, we're going to go back to Dak. And the Cowboys went on another mini run. Two of their four losses in overtime. And the other loss, they lost to Tampa in the opener in a weird kind of game. And then they lost the last game of the regular year in a mostly meaningless game against Washington. Their other two losses were in overtime. So the Cowboys' story this year has been one of unmitigated success. They've been incredible. And, you know, they would have won most other division in the NFL, but sure. the Eagles were on an unbelievable heater. So the Cowboys come in with a lot of confidence to this game. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, and Monday for them was a right the ship type of a thing. They'd had yep. a wobbly final four games, final five games of the regular season. Um, and so I think all of us, right? Like, let's be real. You come out of Monday night's game doing one of two things. And, and, and every football fan should not be sure of which one's right. Either... It's the playoffs, and the Cowboys flipped the switch, and they are one of the best teams in the NFC, and they are a threat. Or the Bucks are woefully awful. And the answer is, it might be a little bit of both. Yeah, it might be. It might be a little bit of both. Like the Bucks, I, 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 of all the games that I picked this year, and then after they happen and I'm wrong, I'm like... This one, I'm mad at myself. I knew you and I talked about it a thousand times yeah. about how awful the Bucks wa- Cowboys were. Cowboys Bucks, you're talking about. And so we get to the Cowboy Bucks game, and I'm like, gosh, the Cowboys look weird, and it's Tom, so maybe they'll look different. Like, and I just predicted something that was a cloud. Well, and we all fell into that trap because it's Tom. It's Tom Brady at home, and you're getting points. It's that's irresistible. Totally. This guy's the goat for God's sakes, and. 
you know, he hasn't looked terrible. He he had a pretty good year, all things considered. But then you look at what Dallas can do and what Dallas did do. And that's why I have a pretty significant amount of trepidation about this game. Yeah. Because the Cowboys have played well this year. They, they haven't been a fraudulent team. And if Dak Prescott can be the Dak that he was Monday night and be... Largely efficient. Four touchdowns, no picks. He was only sacked once. Tony Pollard is an explosive, different sort of running back. Dak can make plays with his legs. CeeDee Lamb is a legit problem against the Niners secondary that has shown some vulnerability to big plays. And on the other side, that front that Dallas has, they have a couple of game-wrecking forces with Demarcus Lawrence and obviously Micah Parsons. So... Dallas does have enough to win this game. It's not like if Dallas wins, oh, the Niners, they choked. Dallas and the Niners can both play well, and Dallas can win this game. Pass rush game. That's a, like yeah. to me, whoever has the better pass rush, whoever puts more pressure on the quarterback is going to win the football game. Um, Merton Hanks in 10 minutes. And I know what just happened to a lot of you 49er fans because I watched it. There's a handful of people I've told over the last 24 hours. I'm like, Merton's coming on on Friday. And everybody just starts smiling. They're like, oh, Merton with the long sleeve white t shirt under the jersey and the chicken dance. And it's Merton <laughs> Hanks. Everybody loves Merton Hanks. So Merton's coming on in 10 minutes. Uh, we look forward to that. It'll be a whole lot of fun. Jonathan in San Francisco, you're on with Willard and Dibbs. Jonathan, what are you doing? Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, you know, multitasking and listening to you guys. I haven't been listening since uh, the morning book. Uh, hey, I- I've broken it down so many times. Just, you know, just to be safe, you got to cover all, uh, you know, the look on the uh, look and crannies and cover all bases. It's only one way I'm seeing this game, man. We're going to win this game. I'm not going to take no for an answer. I mean, our guys are USDA prime ready. They're battle tested. They got them calluses from previous battles. You know, we're not just about the running game and the defense. We're all that. Plus, for the first time under Kyle Shanahan, we're getting high-level quarterback play because Brock rocks. So, you know what? This is going to be a huge win. It's so massive, it's going to engulf the entire state of Texas come Monday when they play Lance after their defeat. So, hey, I, I, can't, I can't wait, man. I'm so pumped, dude. Let's go, Niners! Let's go. Jonathan, thank you very much. When Jonathan, if you're a faithful listener of the show, when Jonathan calls, like... I just never, like the whole time, I'm like, the next word is going to break into song. Yeah, like, yeah it's just going to, and he never did today, which no. is fine. But We're I listen to nervous, Mark. I, I, right. I could listen to him differently because I'm like, oh, here he goes. He's going to start singing. Yeah. And then, and, and then he, he never did. Yeah. He, he actually sang uh, Sitting on the Brock of the Bay <laughs> after Brock's first start, which was, I thought was a great one. But you know, we're, all, we're all a little nervous, Mark. So. None of us is really on our collective A game, which is why there's a lot of pressure on Harry Kalish today well, for Harry to deliver uh, yeah, the great yeah. voice of NFL films, kind of. Uh, he's in the other room smoking his eighth pack of cigarettes in uh, preparation. Getting ready. Yeah, in preparation. Uh, if Brock Purdy does become the long-term quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers, just think of the marketing opportunities that are there. That name... 
it still gets people. People cannot stop rhyming with Brock. Yeah. They cannot stop calling things Purdy. Oh, he's so Purdy. Yeah. He's pretty good. The marketing out of quarterback of the 49ers, and you've got a sing-song little rhymy name. That could lead to a lot of dollars. Very marketable. <laughs> Not since uh, the handsome, smoky eyes of Jimmy Garoppolo oh. had you had such marketability. But I don't think that he really cashed in as much as he could have. Maybe it's not his personality to be out there as an endorser. I don't know. There was the subway thing, but that kind of came on the back end of all of it. You're right, out of the gate. Some guys, and I I forget who Jimmy's agent is, but some agents, and Mahomes did this. I know Lee Steinberg is this way. Like, it's very much, dude, go, go win. You're, stop with, I was drafted eighth overall. Let's get me some Subway. Let's get me some sunglasses. How about a you know, beverage? Uh, what, 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 what kind of marketability? A lot of agents will say, here's the deal. You want to be marketable in this league? Go win football games. Go be with your coach. Go get good. Go be with your teammates. You spend those first two or three wins or, or years winning football games, then then we can do the corporate deal. And if you watch Patrick Mahomes' career, it's exactly what he did. It's exactly what he did. He went out there and was like, let's let's throw some seeds out here. Let's win a bunch of football yeah. games. Then he wins a Super Bowl. And then, now you start to see him everywhere. It's Don Yee, by the way. You knew the Jimmy's agent's Don Yee. Oh, that's the right. The great Don Yee. I did know that. Yeah. Yeah, I completely forgot. Yeah, it's a rare... Uh, I don't know what Don... Mental Brock for you. Yeah. You don't normally... Uh, Miss out on, on those sorts of things. Very good. I, don't, I don't know if that's his philosophy, but that's definitely Steinberg. Yeah, no doubt. And if you're Brock Purdy and you don't make it to the conference championship game, then from a marketability and an advertising standpoint, maybe you don't have the same staying power. But if I'm Brock Purdy's agent, and let's say the Niners do win the Super Bowl, he can't renegotiate his contract for two more years. No. So his only real revenue stream would be from advertising I'd be pimping the Brock. I'd be pimping the Purdy angle, the Brock Purdy. All of it. All of it. All of it. Yeah. Absolutely. Pretty good. All right. Merton Hanks, Chicken Dance Time, is going to join us next on a massive Cowboys 49ers playoff week, ninth time in history. Let's go. We're taking your calls. We're talking about it the whole day on a football Friday on Willard and Dips.